Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. As promised from my last Friday episode, today is the day that I share with you my journey with the autoimmune disease Hajimoto's thyroiditis and the resources that I have used over the past two years to get to the root cause of my autoimmune condition. I also plan to lay out how to get started when it comes to addressing Hajimoto's and ultimately healing your thyroid because that's what it's all about. Now, in case you have never ever heard of Hajimoto's disease before, it is an autoimmune disease where the immune system targets the thyroid and over time, the thyroid loses function due to long-standing damage. And the road to that level of damage can take years. And here's the deal. Autoimmune diseases are on the rise. And it's unfortunately no surprise given our toxic environment and the stress that we're dealing with on the daily. Currently, 50 million plus people have an autoimmune disease, and there are millions of people, especially women, who are being misdiagnosed. Now, the reason why I focus on women is because 75 to 80% of all autoimmune diseases are found in women, hence the higher number of misdiagnosis in women. Now, the American Thyroid Association estimates that 30 million plus Americans have some form of thyroid disease, and up to 60% of these people are unaware of their condition. One in eight women will develop a thyroid disorder in her lifetime. And as of 2014, levothyroxine, which is a synthetic form of T4 inactive thyroid hormone, was the highest selling drug in the United States. Most individuals who take thyroid hormone will never get off the medication. Now, although a prescription for thyroid hormone replacement is most of the time very necessary, the first step should always be to determine why the thyroid is malfunctioning in the first place. And in some cases, addressing that underlying cause of the thyroid issue is enough to resolve it without resorting to thyroid hormone replacement medication. Unfortunately, misdiagnosis is common in the management of thyroid disorders. If a person visits a doctor with hypothyroid symptoms, she will simply be given replacement hormones without any further inquiry into the root cause of her condition, or even worse, if she has hypothyroid symptoms but her labs are normal, she'll be told that she's fine and sent on her way. If the patient insists that she's not fine, she might be sent home with an antidepressant or anxiety medication, but with no further clue about the cause of her symptoms. Now from 2016 to 2018, I was that person, like many women who head to the doctor for thyroid-like symptoms. In 2016, I was showing very early signs of low thyroid function, but preliminary labs showed otherwise. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie, I was in a bit of denial. I didn't really want an autoimmune disease diagnosis. But in 2017 and in 2018, other symptoms were beginning to show up too. I was feeling foggy most days of the week. I was struggling to recall words in the middle of sentences. My periods had become inconsistent, which had never happened to me before. I was always cold. My digestive system slowed down almost entirely and my eyebrows were falling out. It was clear that I was showing more symptoms of low thyroid function. Finally, I got a comprehensive thyroid panel run in the summer of 2018 and a diagnosis of Hajimoto's thyroiditis disease was the result. 
And I remember the day that the labs came in. It felt shocking. It felt defeating that my autoimmune diagnosis was right there, kind of under my nose the whole time. And it was definitely a bit embarrassing that I kept missing it for at least a couple of years. And who knows, I may have been showing signs of it even earlier than 2016. Now the reason why we kept missing is that the initial thyroid panel that I was running, kind of a smaller panel that didn't look at the whole picture, well, it looked great. And therein lies the problem. Many people are being overlooked because their initial thyroid panel looks okay. And antibody labs are not run in conjunction with the thyroid panel. That doesn't mean your immune system isn't targeting your thyroid behind the scenes like it was mine. So here's the deal, with Hajimoto's, these antibodies, your immune system's antibodies, could be targeting the thyroid for years until we really begin to see symptoms. We call that subclinical hypothyroid. So it's important to have this conversation today, and if you're at all showing signs and symptoms, to ask for a full comprehensive lab, because that's the only way that you're really gonna figure out what's going on. As I mentioned, I was undiagnosed for at least two years, and again, at the beginning, I honestly just chalked it up to stress because it felt so similar to the issues I had in my early 30s. But after implementing protocols, I was still exhausted, still foggy, and really the telltale sign for me is that my weight wasn't budging and that had never happened before. I'd always been able to dial in the diet, dial in the exercise, and the weight would come off. But the weight was stubbornly refusing to go away. And I looked puffy all the time, especially in my face. Now, the most important test that was ran for me were the antibody tests. This is what goes, this is what shows whether you've got an autoimmune condition that's driving the low thyroid function. So we ran thyroid peroxidase antibodies. It's also known as the TPO antibodies. Definitely the most common test for autoimmune thyroid disease. It can be detected in Graves' disease or Hajimoto's and thyroglobulin antibodies, that's the TGAB. This antibody targets thyroglobulin, the storage form of thyroid hormones, which was causing my symptoms. So once we finally got the answer and the diagnosis, really the first question I asked myself and the doctors that I was working with is how did I get a thyroid-based autoimmune disease? And this is such an important question, especially for women over 30. And it's a question that I get often. Since today is Q&A Friday, I'm excited to answer Kathleen's question today. Now, Kathleen reached out to me about a month ago and honestly was one of the people that really inspired me to do more thyroid episodes because I know so many women are being misdiagnosed. So here is what Kathleen had asked. I've been tired for ages along with hair loss, constipation, and the weight won't come off. My doctor told me I have Hajimoto's years ago, yet my labs are coming back normal. So what do I do? How do I address all of this? Kathleen is not alone. I hear this question all the time, and it's important to note two things. Number one, once you have Hajimoto's, you have it for life. It's not like you get it years ago and then it poof, just disappears. You cannot cure it, but you can get it into remission. Number two, your hormones don't become imbalanced on their own. There is always a root cause that is driving your hormones to not work properly, to not bind properly, to not get made properly. 
These symptoms of hormonal imbalance are manifestations of something happening deeper in the body at a cellular level, and it might not be obvious at first. These drivers are called root causes. There are many steps that can go awry in the process of thyroid hormone production. The most common cause of thyroid disease is autoimmunity. In Hajimoto's disease, the immune system, as I mentioned earlier, targets the thyroid gland, progressively destroying its capacity to produce thyroid hormone and resulting in hypothyroidism. Some studies suggest that up to 90% of people with hypothyroidism have Hajimoto's. So Hajimoto's being the root cause. It's important to note that people with Hajimoto's may experience both hypothyroid and hyperthyroid symptoms because as the thyroid cells are destroyed, stored hormones are released into circulation, causing a toxic level of thyroid hormone in the body. Eventually, the stored thyroid hormone becomes depleted, and due to thyroid cell damage, the body may no longer be able to produce enough of this thyroid hormone. This is when hypothyroidism develops. This explains why we see both symptoms of hyper and hypo in people with Hajimoto's. It also explains why the condition can look so different from person to person as the symptoms are broad and frequently shifting. Now, other autoimmune diseases that affect the thyroid or the other one is called Graves' disease. Now, Graves' disease causes the thyroid to become enlarged and overactive, which results in hyperthyroid symptoms. This is less common, and it's marked by signs and symptoms of hyperthyroidism, like insomnia, racing heartbeat, rapid weight loss, and high blood pressure. So now that you know 90% of what happens with the thyroid or why the thyroid becomes less active, we've got two autoimmune conditions on the docket. The next big question is, well, why do we have these autoimmune conditions, <laughs> right? So it's important to know like, oh, we've got some things going on. 90% of our thyroid not working properly is due to an autoimmune condition. Why the autoimmune condition? Also, I just wanna just announce the other two things that could be playing a role when it comes to low thyroid function. That is nutrient deficiencies and stress. And honestly, you really can't have a thyroid issue without a stress issue. I've never met anyone who has a thyroid issue and doesn't have a stress issue. That was definitely me. I, that's why I just initially thought it was stress. I was like, oh, it's just stress, no worries. But it ultimately ended up being both. So I wanted to just make sure that you knew the two other areas. I will be talking about nutrient deficiencies as well in just a little bit. But first, I want to get into the root causes of what is going on with the immune system and why it's running antibodies into the thyroid. So this is really an immune system issue. When you have an autoimmune condition, you've got auto meaning self right inside. You've got an immune system inside of your body that is going haywire. So here are the list of the top five most common root causes for an autoimmune disease. And honestly, these can be root causes for a lot of different conditions, especially hormonal imbalances. Number one is nutrient deficiencies. So I know I just mentioned that nutrient deficiencies could just be playing a role in low thyroid function with or without an autoimmune condition, but definitely autoimmunity always points to some type of nutrient deficiency. And the big heavy hitters of nutrient deficiency are gonna be iron, selenium, iodine, vitamin D, ferritin, and magnesium. Those are gonna be the big ones. Next is gonna be hidden infections. These are things like viruses, parasites, mold, and bacteria. Yes, unfortunately, we are dealing with hidden latent infections inside of the body that can absolutely trigger an immune system response. I mean, that's really what your immune system is going after all the time is 
infections, right? And so no surprise that they can accidentally trigger the immune system to go and attack the thyroid. Next is heavy metals and environmental toxins. Again, the environment is always playing a role. We are dealing with so many different types of toxins every single day, especially things like persistent pollutants, phthalates, endocrine disruptors, and then heavy metals as well. So looking at that full spectrum is going to be super important. Next, a big one to get under control and we can absolutely address without a ton of resources is going to be chronic stress and potentially trauma. So if you have dealt with any kind of trauma or you've got generational trauma, that could be playing a role. And then last but not least is a leaky gut. And that's really ultimately what's going on when we're eating a lot of processed foods, medications, gluten, even dairy can potentially cause basically little gaps between the epithelial layer of our gut, small intestine in particular. And that unfortunately creates a situation where proteins and food stuff gets into the blood supply, causes the immune system to go haywire, and there's a level of, let's just call it mistaken identity, where your immune system thinks that all these foreign bodies look like the thyroid. And ultimately, your immune system is responding the best way that it can. And ultimately, the thyroid is just like a bystander in the mess of all of that. So super important to address any type of gut issues, especially when it comes to healing the microbiome and then addressing this leaky gut syndrome that you could be dealing with. So those are the top five root causes. And it's super important to figure out and get to the root of which ones are rocking you. And the beautiful thing is, is that you can absolutely start with just a couple of these, like clearly nutrient deficiencies. There's so many side benefits to actually making sure that your body has what it needs to function. Addressing the gut, right, by removing foods and unnecessary medications and alcohol and things that could be inflaming it. It's a lifestyle shift. And then addressing the chronic stress, chronic trauma, again, another lifestyle shift as well. So those three things you can absolutely do on your own where you'll need further testing and you'll need further support is going to be with the hidden infections and the heavy metals and environmental toxins. Although there's a lot of ways to address and decrease your toxic load just inside of your home. So just something to be thinking about. Now, the first step because I just gave you all kinds of information about root causes. But let's just talk about that first step. The first step to figuring out if your thyroid is not functioning at peak capacity is to really know your numbers, right? So that if you feel like you've got some thyroid symptoms, and if you want, go back to the episode before this, which was 219, where I lay out the most common symptoms. And I also talk deeper about the labs. You wanna make sure that you are going and getting labs tested. So just note that your general practitioner is probably not, let me repeat, not going to run all the labs that you need. So if you want to geek out more on the labs, I just covered this topic, like I said, on episode 219, but I will quickly run through the labs right now for you. Hence, you don't necessarily have to go back to 219 unless you want a deeper dive. I will also reference my bonus, amazing reference lab guide in the show notes for this episode so that you have it on handy when you get your labs run. So I know that you're probably not sitting down taking copious notes right now. So I created this incredible reference guide, this lab guide that's got all the labs for all the hormones that you could possibly want, what they do, what the functional normals are, like where you're, what's like the ideal. Goldilocks of where you should land when it comes to these labs. 
And one, to be able to circle what labs you want and then to be able to compare what your doctor's normals are to what the most ideal normals are. This is such a great reference guide. I can't begin to tell you how much of a godsend it's been for me because sometimes I don't remember all of the normals. So it's really great to have this. I have it printed out and I just take it with me, making sure that everything lines up the way that I want it to line up. So the comprehensive list of thyroid panel that you should be looking for to determine full-on thyroid function is first thyroid stimulating hormone, next T3 total, T4 total, free T3, free T4, reverse T3, and then the antibodies, the TPO antibodies, the thyroglobulin antibodies, and then thyroid binding globulin in case you want to look at Graves' disease. Now, other things to look at as well, because again, this is not in a vacuum, right? Your thyroid is not dysfunctioning on its own. So we want to see what else is going on. I would love to see these very specific vitamins and minerals because they are key to converting T4, which is the inactive hormone, to T3, the active hormone. So ferritin, vitamin D, B12 at the very least, right? Those are musts because these are all super critical. Next, I want to look at sugar levels. I want to look at fasting blood glucose. I want to look at your hemoglobin A1C and insulin. I also want to look at C-reactive protein to see what kind of inflammation we're dealing with and a full lipid panel total cholesterol, LDLs, HDLs, triglycerides. This will give you a good understanding, especially if you're working with a functional doctor or a naturopathic doctor, they'll be able to have a greater picture of what is happening inside of your body. Now, if you're digging even deeper, you and your functional practitioner may wanna run additional tests based on your symptoms and the results of these earlier tests that I just mentioned. This may include a gut pathogen test, blood nutrient testing, heavy metals and toxin testing, and then also other hormone tests as well. So female and adrenal hormone testing, which you can pretty much knock out in the Dutch test. So those are all the things to be looking out for once you get these first preliminary labs back. Now, the cool thing about the labs that I gave you in the beginning, the vitamin minerals, the looking at sugar, C-reactive protein, lipid panel, and the complete comprehensive thyroid panel is really your primary doctor or your endocrinologist can run all of these labs. Your doctors can absolutely run these labs. It's a matter of just convincing them. But if you're not able to convince them, you can also run these at home, especially full thyroid panels. So just a heads up, there's a will, there's a way, and you can run these labs at home. There are online thyroid lab facilities that will run them, and they will also run other labs as well. Now that you've got your testing out of the way and you've got your results, it's time to start healing the body, and that's exactly what we're gonna talk about. The first thing I did, the second I got diagnosed, as I got off gluten, I worked on balancing my blood sugar levels. I didn't even need to know if gluten was a problem or if my sugar levels were an issue. I knew that because of the state of my body and my immune system, that these areas were definitely causing inflammation one way or the other. And it always should be a top priority for anyone hoping to overcome Hajimoto's or adrenal fatigue or thyroid issues. It was one of the first interventions I tried when working to heal my own thyroid condition and it made a massive difference for me. It even helped to lower just my overall stress and overwhelm and reduce my thyroid antibodies. So again, get off gluten, balance blood sugar levels, first step. 
I also just a heads up just for me personally, when we looked at those top five root causes, I was dealing with a couple of hidden infections and I worked with my doctor to eliminate those infections and then did a gut healing protocol with gut healing herbs and pro and prebiotics and digestive enzymes. I mean, the whole kit and caboodle. Again, you want to work with a practitioner to get you on all the supplements that are needed for that. And I stayed on that protocol for three months. Now, the foods that I was working on and that you also find in my 14-day detox was nourishing broths, fermented vegetables, healthy fats, high-quality sources of protein, large quantities of vegetables, and lots of water and tea. And no surprise that many people, including myself, have several nutrient gaps due to stress, toxins, and hidden infections. So when we ran all of my labs, it was very clear that I had low levels of vitamin D, magnesium, choline, iron, zinc, vitamin C, digestive enzymes, and methylated B vitamins. And here's the deal. I was taking multivitamins. I was taking a ton of vitamins at the time. It just wasn't Either they weren't high quality vitamins or I wasn't taking enough of them, but ultimately my vitamin and nutrient supplement protocol practically doubled. So just a heads up, the big, big part of getting better. Also herbs and cofactors that I worked or used for stress and mitochondrial support were rhodiola, CoQ10, omegas, I'm still taking 1,000 milligrams of omegas every single day, American ginseng, cordyceps, and holy basil. So I was on some herbs and cofactors for stress and mitochondrial support, along with all the supplements that I just mentioned a minute ago. Now, depending on your antibody levels, it may also be worth talking to your doctor about potential medication, not only thyroid medication. Be straight up, I was on thyroid medication out the gate because it had been several years this problem had manifested. At that point, my thyroid had definitely taken a hit. So I'm on thyroid medication still to this day. I was also put on low-dose naltrexone to modulate my immune system for 90 days. Now, low doses of this medication have been found to tweak the immune system and shows promise in improving cases of autoimmune disease, including Crohn's, MS, Hajimoto's, as other immune system-related conditions such as cancer and HIV. So just a heads up, that's kind of what low-dose naltrexone has been known to help support. Doses of 1.5 to 4.5 milligrams per day are usually recommended and have been reported to enhance immune system function through increasing our endogenous endorphin production, reducing inflammation, promoting DNA synthesis, and slowing down motility in the GI tract to facilitate healing. Those are all the things that this medication is doing. Again, it's worth talking to your practitioner. It may not be for everybody. I'm not advocating that you take it. I'm just advocating that you look for resources. And there is a good chance, as I mentioned before, that you may need thyroid medication based on your current thyroid levels. I'm personally taking Armour Thyroid that includes T3 and T4. Now, many thyroid medications that are recommended are a T4 synthetic thyroid hormone. The only issue with T4 is that it's not the active form. T3 is the active form. So if you happen to have a conversion problem in the gut and the liver, you may not be able to completely and effectively convert that synthetic T4 to T3. That's why I personally prefer a thyroid medication with both. And then the last thing that you're gonna wanna look at or the first thing, totally up to you how you want to put it in this order, is your liver alongside of your gut. 
So the reason why you want to balance out those blood sugar levels is you want to make your liver happy. Your liver is having to manage a lot of the issues that come along with imbalanced blood sugar levels and insulin resistance. The liver plays a huge role in thyroid conversion, as I just explained, right? It's necessary to convert T4 to T3. And your liver, like many of us, may need a little TLC. I do recommend doing a liver detox or reset. And the great thing about a liver detox is there's so many side benefits that support your thyroid, Hajimoto's, your hormones. Oh my gosh, let me count the ways. I mean, you can knock out estrogen dominance. And most of the symptoms of perimenopause and menopause when you are focusing on the liver. Now, I ended up creating a liver detox out of necessity and launched it in late 2018 after being on the protocol myself for three months. And I have since been on my liver and gut detox protocols for many, many months at a time, up to six months. And that protocol has played the biggest role in getting my Hajimoto's into remission and helping me to get pregnant at the age of 40, a little over a year after my diagnosis. Even though I have personally stayed on my liver and gut detox protocol for longer periods of time, the program actually is only a 14-day program because of how quickly you begin to experience massive results. So if you already know that you are ready to take the next step and really give your body a much-needed gentle liver and gut-focused detox, I will have the link to the program in the show notes for this episode, episode 221. And as of today... We have had over 3,500 women and men participate in it, including my husband, who has done it almost as much as I have. Now, I know that I shared a lot already in this episode, and what I love so much about what's in this episode is that given what I've shared, you can absolutely get started or share this information with someone you love who needs to get on this healing track and you can start making massive shifts in your thyroid health within a few months, which is so, so important to know. The thing about it is that healing journeys like these are not a walk in the park, but honestly, what's the alternative? An autoimmune disease unchecked can lead to some very devastating issues in the body. It's just not worth not addressing this if you know you've been diagnosed with Hajimoto's or you know you've got a thyroid issue. As I mentioned above, I do have a couple resources that I'm gonna be sharing with you. Number one, the comprehensive lab resource guide with everything you need to reference your labs with real, functional, ideal lab normals. That way you can always reference what is going on with you, what your labs are saying, especially if you love to geek out on that, or especially if you think that your doctor is missing something. If they say, oh yeah, you're great, you're fine, but you know you're not, and you want what those ideal normals are, this is a guide for you. Next is I'm gonna be linking to the top three supplements most women need right now, whether or not you have a thyroid issue. That is methylated B vitamins, magnesium, and vitamin D. These are critical to hundreds, if not thousands of reactions in the body, including how your thyroid, your liver, and your gut function. And I carry all of these in my supplement store, Essentially Whole. These are the supplements that I'm taking every single day before I was pregnant, while I'm pregnant, after I'm pregnant. So just note that these are super critical to our health and wellness. And then I'll also link in case you are ready to do a reset, 
I will also link to my 14-day liver and gut healing detox. As I mentioned earlier, this was the game changer for me. Honestly, this was everything. I can attribute to, I would say, a good 80 plus percent of my healing came from this program alone. And as I mentioned, I didn't just do it for 14 days. I did it for months and months and months on end because I really wanted my body to get back. If it took me years to get to a place where I had such low thyroid function, I had pretty high antibodies, then it was gonna take me a while to get my body back on track. And to me, it's always worth it because I want to wake up every day energized. I want to wake up every day like firing on all cylinders. I want to wake up every day showing up the way I want to show up for my husband, my family, my soon-to-be baby, friends, my amazing community, all of it. And so when I look at all of those things and I measure the importance of my health in longevity and vitality, to me, it's worth giving up some foods that I'm, you know, may love but aren't serving me. It's worth giving up the alcohol. It's worth giving up a little bit of caffeine. It's worth giving up dessert. You know, it's worthwhile, even if it's temporary, to begin to do that healing work that is so desperately needed in the body. So now that you've got all those resources, and I just wanted to just speak into the 14-day liver and gut healing detox, I am personally currently on a modified version of it right now in my pregnancy because at the end of the day, it lowers inflammation, which we all know inflammation is not good for us. It's definitely not good for me or the baby. So I'm still on a modified version of it. I've made a couple of changes and tweaks so that I'm really, it's an ideal situation for pregnancy, but it's totally doable. And the beautiful thing is you can always make modifications based on what you've got going on. And as always, I want to say thank you so much for joining me today on the Essentially You podcast. It is always a pleasure. I am bringing Cameron Rogers onto the show to talk about approachable and effective strategies for managing anxiety, even during difficult times. I think this is such an important topic that we got to keep on having. I know that anxiety is at an all-time high right now. The worry and the concern about what we're going to do with our family, ourselves, our kids, everybody. And sometimes it's these little tools, these little resources that can make all the difference in the world. And many of us are managing anxiety on the daily. And so having your little rituals, having your tool base stocked and ready. So anytime you have one of those moments, you're ready to roll. So I'm really excited for that conversation with Cameron. I know she's going to be sharing a lot of insights on how she not only regulates anxiety, but what she thinks works the best. Until this episode coming up with Cameron and I, I hope that you're having a wonderful end of your August, early September. And I look forward to seeing you very soon.